0: Welcome to the latest issue of Professional Builders Podcast, where we confront an issue on which tradespeople are unfortunate enough to be all too familiar. It is the scourge of hard-working builders, and there's been a huge increase in incidents in recent years. As well as the cost of replacing the equipment, tool theft robs industry professionals of the means to make a living, and can have dire financial consequences. Added to that is the emotional and mental toll of being a victim of crime as well as the frustrating feeling that nowhere near enough is being done to combat it. VanWatch is an industry-wide coalition of organisations that's offering practical help and advice, as well as lobbying government to take the issue more seriously. Ray Stafford, the chair of Watch and one of its founders, outlines the extent of the problem, the campaign's mission and what support is available to the trades. First, let's hear how tool theft affects you, the builders.
1: No, the tool theft's a joke, an absolute joke. I mean, we spend more trying to stop people stealing our tools than we do on tools. To be fair, I didn't even know that I'd, I'd, I'd had my stuff nicked. I went to B&Q's to get some bits, went to open the side door to put the bits in the back, and I thought, that's looking a bit empty. <laughs> and it was like, basically, they cleared, pretty much cleared it out. No damage to the van at all. How much did you lose?
0: yeah so I had a load of break-ins along my road a Focus ST got nicked and then all the vans got broken into and they were literally outside my house I saw them on the camera and they looked at my van and they must have seen the deadlocks I thought no I won't bother so I don't know if that's what deterred them because it's hard to get in the problem is if they break into the van even if they don't nick anything if you're missing a door you can't go to work the next day anyway so it's not just what they're stealing it's the fact they've ruined your van we've had on site two dumpers, two diggers and three trailers pinched over the last sort of three months. We knew where the trackers were going to, the police wouldn't even go and look.
1: It wipes a lot of people out. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're established enough and you're able to afford to buy the tools again, then fair enough. But a lot of the time, the insurance won't pay out for a few weeks. So my plumber mate who had his entire van stolen, he was completely knackered, couldn't go out and work. To be honest, the tool companies need to do more to stop it. It's registered when you buy the tool. Yeah. It's registered to you, so if the police stop a van, go through the tools and say, right, OK, well, this is registered to a Mr Smith, what's your name? Where did you get it? And, you know, if if they haven't got a way of proving where they've got the tool from, then they've stolen it. You don't sell your tools once you've finished using them.
0: You use them until they're knackered and then you throw them away. Now I speak to Ray Stafford, the chair of VanWatch, an industry-wide coalition of organisations that's campaigning to tackle the issue of tool theft. So Ray, tell us about the Van Watch campaign. What's its mission? What do you hope to achieve?
1: Well, you know, we have this explosion of tool theft from vehicles throughout the industry. Uh, 58,000 incidents in 2022. That's, that's one every nine minutes. Uh, before COVID, previous research said one every 23 minutes. So there's a great increase uh, very recently. And our survey suggests that it's about a million pounds a day is being lost in stolen tools, damaged to vehicles, uh, and the lost work, of course, which is uh, yeah, quite a large part of the impact that this has. So, set up VanWatch uh, earlier this year to try and bring industry stakeholders together. So, it's a, it's a not-for-profit cross-industry campaign to try to reduce the frequency of uh, of tool theft and to mitigate the impact to lessen the damage done if you like damage limitation exercise for victims uh, whether that's practical financial or indeed in terms of emotional support
0: what's your personal involvement in the issue then historically because you were the md of a plumber's merchant is that correct
1: Yeah, I spent most of my career, um, 37 years, in the merchant industry. Of course, I worked closely with uh, self-employed tradespeople and small businesses throughout that time. The thing that really bugs me, Lee, is the fact this has gone unaddressed because of the fragmented nature of the industry. So imagine that a million pound a day was being stolen off banks through through hold-ups. There'd be front page stories in the newspapers, there'd be questions in the house, there'd be special police task forces. Everything would be being done about it because the big banks have loud voices, make themselves heard in government. Because there are hundreds of thousands of single self-employed people who have become voiceless effectively, nothing has been done over the last 10 years as the, uh, the tool crime issue has got worse. Uh, that bugged me and I decided it was time to try and bring people together and see if we could solve it.
0: So how can tradespeople themselves get involved in the Van Watch campaign then?
1: Go to Van Watch, so vanwatch.org.uk, sign up there. Uh, that would be a, a great start. We'll keep you updated then with local and national campaigns. But there are two things tradespeople can really do to help. One is forensically mark their own tools Use a tool marking system, something like smart water selector DNA or whatever, to make it harder for thieves to sell their tools. uh The second thing is don't buy second hand tools unless you're absolutely sure where they came from. This is an economically motivated crime, so if we can suppress the market for tools uh, for stolen tools, then fewer criminals will spend less of their time nicking them in the first place.
0: How many supporters does Van Watch have, and how are they engaging with Van Watch itself?
1: We're a relatively new organisation, uh, Lee, but I, I'm, I'm pleased to have been able to recruit about forty or fifty uh, fairly decent-sized organisations. So these are trade associations like the Federation of Master Builders, merchants like Jewson and Williams, manufacturers uh, like Bosch, Draper, and some government organisations like the National Business Crime Centre. So this is a this is a wide coalition. And the different uh, supporters contribute in different ways, depending on the nature of their organisation. For example, the the Builders Merchants Federation have very good political contacts. Uh, They were able to organise a meeting with the Home Secretary that I would probably have struggled to organise on my own. And our our friends at the charities, so places like uh, the Rainy Day Trust, Band of Builders and the Lighthouse Club, uh, They've been very helpful in terms of providing financial and uh, emotional support to, to victims, and the commercial organisations uh, donating end of line ex-demo equipment to uh, tool library schemes. There's lots of different ways that different supporters uh, can help the cause.
0: What, in your view, would you like to see legislators and the police do to tackle the issue, then, to confront it more?
1: Two two completely different things there. So. We're all very familiar with the story of you know, reporting it to the police, you get a crime number, case gets closed, no investigation. At a senior level, that is starting to change. So um, the Inspector of Constabulary, a guy called Andy Cook, one of Britain's most senior policemen, has gone on record saying that the public have a right to expect the police to tackle all forms of lawlessness. Uh, and the Home Secretary herself has said that the police should not abandon reasonable Lines of inquiry that you know we have a right to expect the police to follow up where there's uh, there's evidence to be to to be chased down. The tricky bit, of course, is that the Home Secretary doesn't task individual local police officers. This is down to Chief Constables and Police and Crime Commissioners to put into action uh, what their political leadership is asking for. The other big thing is we actually have quite good uh, statutes here. So the penalty for Theft maximum penalty seven years in prison maximum penalty for handling stolen goods is 14 years in prison however when magistrates come to uh, well, magistrates and other courts come to actually sentence criminals they use something called the sentencing guidelines and the sentencing guidelines tend to push them towards very low-level sentences. Of a, a survey we did recently, 451 incidents, one custodial sentence out of that 450. So what we're asking actually is not for legislative change, but changing to the sentencing guidelines. It's a bit of a technical issue, but in the guidelines there are some aggravating factors that will, uh, if taken into account, will, uh, will will push magistrates to increase the tariff. We're asking for the theft of tools of trade to be listed on the guidelines as one of those aggravating factors making it far more likely that instead of a low-level community sentence there'll actually be a meaningful custodial sentence so these are the big changes that we're looking for from the, the police and the judiciary
0: so tell us about the equipment theft prevention bill then how does that work
1: yeah this is a, a really interesting it's a private members bill which very rarely become law uh but in this particular case it has a guy called greg smith uh, mp for buckinghamshire He's got a very rural community or constituency, and this particular piece of legislation uh, is originally intended to tackle the theft of agricultural equipment from farmers, suffer a very similar problem to people in the construction. Uh, However, the way the bill was drafted is there's the ability to extend it, uh, and the way that the uh, the government are considering extending it is to the mandatory forensic marking of high-value power tools. The idea is would be done before the tradesman got it, do it either at the point of sale or better still even the point of manufacture so that when tools come onto the second-hand market, uh, they can be clearly identified as stolen. Again, you know, if it's harder to sell the tools, then a large part of the incentive for undertaking the crime in the first place uh, has gone because you know, tool thieves don't want to steal your tool to do a bit of DIY at home. They they want the money that they can get from reselling it. Um, so that's in. So the the, uh, the king signed the act into law last month uh, in July, and there's now a six month consultation period, whilst the uh, sort of practicalities are worked through. Uh, we're working with uh, with some of the tool manufacturers, the forensic tool marking industry, and uh, with the Home Office and the National Business Crime Centre to try and like work through the details of that. Okay.
0: So you touched upon this a little bit already with your last answer, but is there anything more in your view that van and tool manufacturers can do to deter and, and thwart thieves?
1: Well, van manufacturers for sure. So we need the same type of standards for load space security that we have uh, for sort of general car security. There is pressure for van manufacturers um they are particularly with the electrification of light commercial vehicles uh, which is going on a pace at the moment of course every kilo of additional steel you add by way of locks and anti-peel plates and anti-drill plates comes off either your payload or your range so there is some resistance from uh, van manufacturers operating independently uh, they need to all do it together. So this, uh, the whole industry needs to come together and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to face this together. We're going to have these standards, sort of like a Thatcham standard uh, for load space security. And in terms of tool manufacturers, I think, yeah, the forensic marking is the, uh, is the key to that.
0: Do you think that the power tool manufacturers they have anything to learn from the likes of the Caesar scheme then, with the, with the way the construction machinery was, and agricultural machinery was marked? That's, that's done a lot
1: it's it certainly it's proved categorically that if you destroy the market, you destroy the incentive for theft. And uh, the micro Caesar scheme uh, for smaller kit is probably a better uh, uh, analogy. Some of the uh, technology for the the main Caesar scheme would be a bit expensive to to apply to a 250 pound uh, power tool. But yeah, the principles are the same, um, and I think you're quite right. They could they could look to that as the model for. Uh, for what we do now, following the Equipment Theft Prevention Act.
0: In addition to all the latest news and industry solutions for every trade, Professional Builders October edition will feature an in-depth feature on VanWatch. Available for the trade counters of over 2,500 builders merchant outlets nationwide, make sure you pick up the latest issue. You can also visit ProBuilderMag.co.uk to access digital flickbook versions of the current and previous print editions of Professional Builder and sign up to receive every issue via ebook. If that's not enough, the Professional Builder website is also packed with products, ideas, advice, and support for tradespeople. Visit probuildermag.co.uk to find out When, when we talk to builders who've, who've suffered from this, they often say that they didn't bother to claim on the insurance because they didn't think they would pay out. And there's, there's a perception that it's actually and sometimes not even worth bothering being insured is 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 that something that you come up against and what can be done to dispel some of those might be myths
1: yeah we did when we researched this uh uh, last year just before we set the organization up we found some, some very interesting statistics so a third of people who claimed on their insurance were satisfied or very satisfied with their insurer another third were dissatisfied or very dissatisfied with their insurers. So we've got this sort of dichotomy of some people are doing fine, some people uh, really having poor experiences. And I started off thinking, well, clearly there's some good insurers out there and some rubbish insurers out there. Uh, Let's try and and find out which is which. Um, But that doesn't seem to be the case at all. It is the interplay between the particular policy you have and the particular circumstances of your theft uh, and price, to be perfectly honest. So if you go for a very cheap tools insurance policy, you are likely to find one with more exclusions and lower payouts than uh, than if you pay a, a higher premium. But I think some, some key things uh, to look at. We are just about to publish uh, a summary of the top 10 insurers and the top 10 policy terms uh, and the way that they interact. But things to look for. Are your tools covered overnight? That's not standard in all policies. Sometimes you have to pay an additional premium. Does it require signs of forced entry to pay out? Now, about a quarter of tool thefts have no forced entry. They're using uh, you know, lock picking or, or some other high-tech way of getting into the vehicle. So if your policy requires forced entry and that doesn't occur during your particular theft, you're going to be dissatisfied. Nominated vehicle cover. So some insurers ask you for the registration number that's the vehicle they're insuring or the contents of it if you change vehicles halfway through your policy and don't tell them uh, you're almost certainly invalidating your cover and the basis of valuation so cheap tool policies tend to pay what they call a depreciated value or an indemnity valuation which basically means they're paying the second hand price of the tools you've had stolen replacement cost, or what we used to call new for old uh is is a much better bet but you're probably going to pay 50 or 60 quid per five thousand pounds worth of cover more to have that and finally uh, proof of ownership receipts so if you're a very well organized person who keeps those receipts and lay your hands on them you're likely to have a much better experience when you claim on your insurance uh, uh, than if you don't so again if you go to the website we will have that uh, comparison grid up showing as i said the 10 largest insurers and these 10 most troublesome if you like uh, policy terms uh, and then people can make their own decision about what works for them
0: that, that's good advice when it comes to insurance but what, what other practical advice do you give tradespeople in order to prevent theft and help them not become victims
1: well, there's, there's the very straightforward advice. If you can park your vehicle up against a wall, well-lit area, uh, hopefully within sight of your house or in front of your house, that's fantastic. Uh, the other thing we we would say a lot of people like to take their tools in at night and that's that's really sensible practice if you can if you're not working away uh, and if you don't live in a block of flats but only about half of thefts are overnight outside the house so be vigilant if you stop at at a merchant's or just pick up a big mac there is a lot of opportunistic theft don't take some two or three minutes uh, in a car park somewhere And again, if you do have to stay away from, this is a proportionality thing. So if you carry a lot of high-value tools, you work away a lot, maybe you're working in areas with a high crime rate. You might want to think about investing more in things like uh, aftermarket locks, alarms, anti-drill plates, steel tool chests, all of those things which won't guarantee that you that your tools are not stolen but they improve the odds they they slow them d- down the process they they make the thief make more noise more likely they're going to be interrupted so there's no silver bullets just a proportional approach
0: yeah what, what I hope is what help is available to trade people once they become victims then i i understand there's there's the likes of the tool angel schemes isn't there that can help people who who've
1: been who've lost their tools yeah they need to come under three headings really i mean we, we should talk quickly about emotional support so more than a third of victims of tool crime report a major uh, impact on their emotional health mental well-being so support from band of builders lighthouse club these guys run helplines uh for people who find themselves you know, emotionally impacted we can signpost people to those there are also some grant giving bodies uh so if particularly if you're on low income, maybe you've just started out on your own, uh and you know, the worst happens, you've just you if you've just set your business up and all of a sudden your tools get nicked and you're you're really on the bones of your backside, uh we can point you towards some grant giving bodies. Uh, and, and you mentioned Tool Angel. So this is a scheme. This only operates in the plumbing and heating sector. It's operated by the, by Williams, the plumber's merchant, of, of which I used to be MD. And the idea is that it is a loan scheme for a pile of Makita Power Tools, uh, cane flue gas analyzer, uh, wrapped up in, a, in an armour guard steel box absolutely free, no obligation loan for a few weeks. You don't have to be a Williams customer, just a plumbing and heating engineer, um, while you get yourself sorted out. And I'd like to encourage, and you know, we're working uh, later this year, to encourage more of the sort of tool library, tool loan schemes to operate in other sectors than plumbing and heating. There's no reason why this shouldn't operate in you know, kitchen fitting or um, tree surgeons, whatever. The principle's pretty much the same.
0: So what's the future then, finally, for, for Van Watch? Where do you see the campaign going? What do you hope to achieve longer term?
1: Well, we think it's going to be a fairly long haul. There, there are there are no silver bullets, as I, as I said earlier. There are certain milestones. So the Police and Crime Commissioner elections will be coming up uh, next year. So we'll be, uh, we'll be holding candidates there who are asking for, for our votes, uh, asking them to, to make commitments that we will later hold them to. The Equipment Theft Prevention Act has probably got a year or two to play out uh, in full. So, yeah, it's going to be a long, hard drag. Our our aim is to reduce the frequency of tool theft by half to get it under 30,000 in five years. We've got 58,000 incidents last year. If we can halve that and we can halve the amount of loss suffered by um, things like. uh, Tool marking helps with tool recovery, various physical security devices to make it you know, harder to get away with, uh, with as much stuff. Uh, one thing I didn't mention, which I probably should have done, is we, we encourage people to put a couple of juicy-looking cases with either dead tools or even half bricks in them just inside their van door as a sort of dummy to get people to, to get the thieves to just run off with uh, effectively with empty boxes. So if we, can, if we can reduce half the amount lost, half the number of incidents, I would consider that to be a win.
0: Right, that's, that's brilliant. And I'm sure every tradesperson will um, wish you every success with what you're trying to do.
1: Well, Lee, thanks ever so much. And if I can just leave you with a reminder of that web address, it's www.fanwatch.org.uk.
0: As Ray explains, we can all do our bit to starve the second-hand market of stolen tools by making sure that we know exactly where they come from before we buy We'd like to hear about the real experiences of builders. So, if you've been a victim, let us know by emailing ljones at hamerville.co.uk. Similarly, if you've found a way to thwart these with your own security solution, or you have a particular tactic you've found effective, share it with your fellow tradespeople. The Van Watch initiative is a worthy attempt to reduce the number of people that will suffer at the hands of unscrupulous thieves. And you can find out more at vanwatch.org.uk. Experience live demonstrations of the latest equipment. Get hands on yourself and enjoy some great show deals at Tool Fair and Professional Builder Live. Upcoming venues for this premier industry event include West Point Exeter on the 27th and 28th of September and Sandown Park in Surrey on the 2nd and 3rd in November. Visit toolfair.info for more information. Thank you for listening.